2: Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Dub Nation, that isn't how you wanted it. That isn't how any fan of the Warriors wanted it. What a disastrous fourth quarter for the Golden State Warriors in game one of the NBA Finals. We're going to break that down with Hall of Famer Rick Barry, sports anchor for Kron, Kylan Mills. This is Locked On Warriors.
1: You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On will send you. Let's go immediately to feedback for game one. That was a disaster. I recorded a live edition last night, but I love your your two's insights. Hall of Famer Rick Berry, I will start with you, sir. Uh, you sent me some fascinating uh, uh, voicemail messages, and we were going back and forth last night a little bit about that fourth quarter, especially. Can you share with the audience what you were sharing with me, please?
0: Yeah, sure. I'm just happy I got to see the game. I didn't think I would. I was flying back, and fortunately, the plane I was on, I was able to get the live feed. Uh, the way it turned out, I maybe hoped that I didn't get the feed to, have to watch that debacle. After I mean the 180 after the third incredible quarter which they do so often 12 point lead you think hey this game is over they're going to take care of business and it's the same thing that I talk about all the time with you uh, Cyrus. It, the Warriors are their own worst enemy. They helped the Boston Celtics to do. Give all the credit in the world to the Boston Celtics. It was a miraculous, an incredible fourth quarter on their part, on the road down 12, and to win by 12, no way I ever thought that was happened. You know I have the deep hole syndrome, right? Teams fight to get back, get back, and you try to. The only way on the road you usually can do it is do it right at the end. I mean, it was just incredible what they did, absolutely incredible. But the Warriors caused the problem could start with at the start of that fourth quarter if you watch closely and I watch I always watch very close nobody underneath the basket to even get a rebound so Boston was able to knock off in seven quick points and made it into a game gave them hope gave them life and then from there it was just terrible and the Warriors tried to hang tough but Boston all the credit in the world I mean to do that with the game that Tatum had offensively give them credit though a lot double digits in this but man the Boston Celtics have to be riding high to win that game Game as convincingly as they did and as impressively as they did with tatum having a bad game they got to feel really good right now
2: yeah and, and, and kylan we'll, we'll do our own thing in a second rick's connections going in and out so I just rick if you don't mind for a few minutes i'll we'll focus on you because i love your insights and then I'll, we'll bid adieu since you're in florida and join the sun there although you should be I'm going to colorado right
0: there. now I'm oh you're back colorado. in colorado That's why i was on a plane coming back
2: to colorado Bravo. Uh, what is going so, on? The two players stuck out to me in terms of just really collapsing and, and not showing up. One of them was Jordan Poole. I think we can attribute that largely to inexperience. Uh, although I love your insights as well. You played in two NBA finals yourself. You wanted a finals MVP. But the other one w- which was surprising was Draymond Green. He did not
0: have a good game. Uh, your thoughts on those two. Analyze them, please. Well, I mean, it happens. I mean, you know, we're human beings. I mean, you're going to have good games. You're going to have bad games. You're going to have horrible games. You're going to have great games. And, you know, you had a couple guys that really didn't get the job done. But hey, Boston had nobody with experience in the finals either. Right. And look what they did. I mean, had two guys had two of the greatest shooting games in three point range in their white and and in their eye. I mean, it was like, wow, this was incredible. So yeah, if you're a Boston fan, you gotta feel really good. If you're a Warriors fan, you're disappointed, knowing full well that the Warriors are still capable of winning. But boy oh boy, I'm looking forward to Sunday when I'm going to be there. That is a critical game for the Warriors to have to come back and win that game because now they still have the daunting task of having to go and win a game on the road in Boston.
2: Absolutely. Rick, your connection is going in and out. I I, I if I it's know, okay thanks, with you, sir, I'm, I'm gonna bid adieu.
0: Any last word? No You're gonna you're gonna go be at the game
2: Sunday. Uh I, I'm just really happy you joined us. Uh, again, the internet connection is really shoddy. Uh, he's back in Colorado right now. Uh, next time he, he comes on, it'll be better. We routinely record with Rick Barry on his podcast, The Rick Barry Show. Kylan, thank you for 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 having Hall of Famer Rick Barry for a few minutes. I would like you two to meet more with, on a more better connected level in, in the near future. Well, you, Kylan, the first question I'd like to ask you, if that's okay, please. Uh, and you can follow Kylan Mills on Twitter at Kylan Mills, Cron4 Sports anchor. What's going on with Gary Payton II? The fact that we did not see him the entire game makes me very concerned. That tells me that that injury is a lot more serious than the Warriors, and maybe Gary Payton II himself has let on. You've been going to all the practices. You're an insider. Anything you've heard? And if not, at least, what are your thoughts based on what you've seen?
3: Uh, I haven't heard anything in particular about Gary Payton II aside from positives that he was expecting to return during the finals and that we should see him play at some point during the finals although I never heard that he was targeting or really, really expecting to play in game one. So I don't know that I'm completely alarmed by the fact that he didn't play last night, although he was initially listed as available. Um, I mean, I think there are concerns about his ability to shoot with that left arm because of the elbow, you know, that going full extension, especially if you're talking about longer, you know, three-point shots or farther out, you know, mid-range shots, Um, you know, like that can bother the elbow still, even if it's, even if it's technically recovered, you're still going to have some discomfort and some pain. Um, So I think maybe, you know, they're trying to just take it slow and pump the brakes a little bit with Gary Payton, the second to make sure that he is full, full go and they don't want to push him too early in what we know is going to be a marathon series. And that's what the Warriors were saying last night, after game one, it's the first of four wins, not one win. So they know there is a journey and a process um, that it's going to take to win this series. Uh, so i'm not entirely concerned i don't think that game one was necessarily always a must play for gary payton the second we knew or at least i had some idea he would be back in the series um so it didn't entirely shock me that he didn't play in game one i still haven't seen him entirely looking super active when he's shooting around like as far as like shooting farther out, out shots and That's from walking good. to some you know sports medicine experts. Dr. Niro Pandya with UCSF is great in analyzing a lot of the sports injuries. And he says, you know, really shooting is a big concern when it's your left. And, you know, the left is a shooting arm and it's the elbow. Like that becomes big concern with like not only needing to use that range of motion constantly, but also then like, you know, you've got to use the strength. It's the motion. It's, you know, a quick motion that that can catch the elbow. So I think we'll see him back in the series. I'm not alarmed yet.
2: Okay. Yeah. And I want to play this sound from Draymond Green real quick. This is his post-game attribution after the game, and then I'm going to elaborate a little bit on just how bad of a game he had. This is Draymond Green uh, in the post-game presser talking about that collapse in the fourth quarter, which really was the key in the game.
1: They hit 21 threes, and Marcus Smart, Al Horford, and Derek White combined for 15 of them. So, those guys are good shooters, but... I like for what, 15 out of 8, where's smart, 7, 8, 15 for 23. My math right? 8, 7, and 8, 8, 7, and 8. Yeah, that's 23, right? Yeah. 15 for 23 from those guys.
2: Eh, you know, so, be fine. And, and, and I think the bigger point he's making, and this was the sentiments I was echoing in last night's uh, immediate reaction, did a live show was that 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 outburst in the fourth quarter was abnormal. That is not how Al Horford normally shoots. Although this postseason, his numbers are up to forty percent from three. Derrick White on the regular season shot thirty one percent from three. uh In the postseason, entering the game, I or maybe after the game, he's shooting twenty seven percent from three. Yet those two collectively were shooting lights out. Al Horford was six for eight from beyond the arc. Derek White was five for eight from beyond the arc. Uh, And I wanna, but this, but you know, Draymond said that, but when I looked at the numbers in terms of who was defending Al Horford and who was responsible for that matchup or lack thereof, Draymond Green was guarding him for the bulk of that. When Draymond Green guarded Al Horford last night, Al Horford went three for four from the field and two for three from beyond the arc. Kevon Looney was another player who was guarding al horford so draymond guarded him for for nearly seven minutes last night kevon looney guarded him for three minutes last night kevon looney gave up uh al horford i'm sorry when when playing kevon looney shot two for three from the field and was one for two from beyond the arc horford also hit a three over andrew wiggins uh and clay thompson uh what are your thoughts on draymond green i mean i'm not worried about him but that was a really bad game what did you see
3: I'm not worried about Draymond Green either. He's been on the stage before. He knows what he's doing. However, not a great game for him. Uh, I mean, I think it really came down to the fourth quarter, though. Um, The Celtics role players were surprisingly the ones who stepped up and started sinking threes. Marcus Smart, another player, sunk huge back-to-back threes in the fourth quarter. He's, He's a career 32% three-point shooter, so not the players you're you're expecting. Um, What I've really noticed is after the game has wrapped up, there's been a lot of screenshots that have been popping up from that fourth quarter where you can really take a look at the Warriors' defensive shape, and they're completely out of position. They're out of position, they're out of shape, and they're not closing out those players. Um, There were several occasions that I saw where Al Horford was wide open on the three-point line, and he was able to take those shots completely unguarded with no one closing out, and you saw – Draymond Green was lagging back. And I think that a lot of the Warriors players were lagging back on some of those role players who maybe don't necessarily normally hit those shots. And they were letting them take the threes um, a little bit. And it was interesting because head coach Steve Kerr kind of echoed the same sentiments as Draymond Green in post game and saying, oh, well, you know, when a team is shooting like that, there's not much you can do. We're going to go back and look yeah. at the tape you know, blah, blah, blah. And I think when they look at the tape, the Warriors are going to see that they could have played a lot sharper defensively in the fourth quarter. It felt like once the shots started falling for the Celtics, it just snowballed and the Warriors just looked completely discombobbled. And I noticed they were really out of position, out of shape. People weren't closing out quickly um, on the three point line. And now they know they need to do that better. So I expect the Warriors and Draymond Green is a very intuitive player. I expect him to go back, watch the film, Say, hey, here's what we need to do better. All right, let's go into game two, and we're not going to let this happen again. Um, not yeah, it, from Draymond, and just from the defense as a whole. I just think looking at that fourth quarter, they were totally out of whack. And usually, Draymond is the you know the defensive leader, the defensive quarterback, and he's usually the guy who's always in position. So I think that's why it was so surprising from him because he's usually so on it on defense, and the Warriors just completely fell apart to me.
2: They, 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 you're absolutely right. They did. And we're going to break that down some more. I, the next uh, game two is Sunday uh, on ABC. And between now and then, if there's one thing this, the Warriors team needs to do desperately, is eat their damn built bars because you, you got to get that protein, it's low sugar. It gives you the energy that the Warriors were clearly lacking at the end of that game. Uh, and, Kylan, I got an order of, of granola bars coming in for me. I'm going to be your taste tester. And if I like these, that's what I'm going to send to you as okay, your first sample. Um, they're phenomenal. They, they, I, I've been, all right, they're hopefully phenomenal. I mean, built bars in general are phenomenal. But I'm really excited about these granola bars that I'm going to try out. I've been waiting for them for a long time. Again, you, it's it's a high source of protein on average, 17 grams for each bar. Yet you're only get, consuming four grams of sugar for each bar whereas your normal candy bar has 30 grams of sugar uh, and there's a wide variety of flavors go check out the website built.com to see which flavor would work for you or you can get just a sample pack and the beauty of the protein you're consuming by the way is that it's collagen protein which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. So go to Bilt.com, use the promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, the promo code is LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first every day. We are free available wherever you get podcasts. you follow Kyla Mills on Twitter, at Kyla Mills, Cronforce Sports anchor. And just to echo Rick Barry's sentiments earlier, I mean, that fourth quarter, what was so disappointing for me was the lack of urgency. It, 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 you know, you talked about, Like you just said a moment ago, the the lack of effort in in closing out, uh, there there was no sense of urgency. It's almost like the Warriors settled and felt comfortable with the result. And and that is just not how you should approach an NBA Finals game. That that is just uh, that was just horrible. Um, One thing I want to touch on, which you also said, and and it, it, you know, a lot of stuff came to me between last night when I did the immediate reaction show. I literally got on here the moment the game ended and just started engaging with fans and giving my inst- my initial instant reaction. But then I did some research. I started thinking about the game. And one thing that really sticks out to me, and I love your thoughts on this, is that the Warriors failed to take advantage of perhaps their biggest advantage in this series against the Celtics, which is depth. The Warriors are a team that can go 11-12 on you if necessary with grade A athletic talent you know the bottom of that 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 pile that you could of, of reserves that you could dip from is is a Jonathan Kaminga is a Moses Moody last night the warriors were eight deep they didn't go beyond that and the eighth man they were using was Andre Igadala and it was weird seeing Igadala play the number of minutes that he did he, he played 12 minutes in that game defensively i was doing the research and he was actually lights out uh, his his primary assignment when he was playing on defense was Jason Tatum who his struggles were largely because of Igadala uh, when he was guarding Peyton Pritchard, Pritchard didn't score anything. When he was guarding Derek White, uh, Derek White scored just one field goal the whole time. Uh, the point is, is that he was he was doing great, but he's an offensive liability. So when he's out there, I don't know if you could play Iguodala and Draymond together. But the point is, in the, in the bigger picture, Jordan Poole had a horrible game. And I don't know if you can give him 25 minutes in Game 2 if he starts out playing like he did in Game 1. But my question to you is... Why do you think the Warriors were hesitant to dip into those reserves? I think Damania Bielitsa, for example, would thrive in a series like these because in this because he's a two way player, he can play defense on a guy like Al Horford, who's not explosive, but he can also space the floor offensively. Uh, Moses Moody could have tremendous value in this series. You know, he's a big 220 pound kid, long wingspan who can shoot the ball and play defense. What are your thoughts on why the Warriors did not go into the reserves, given the depth they have?
3: Yeah, I was surprised to see that, Cyrus, and maybe Steve Kerr just feels more comfortable going with some of those veteran players that he knows what he's going to get from them, like an Andre Iguodala, who's been with this organization for so many years and was a part of the Corps. Um, I think, though, that's a huge advantage the Warriors need to take, take advantage of is that they can run 10, 11, even 12 guys out there if they want to. Who could be starters on other teams in the league? Like I look at a Moses Moody, and he could really be a key player if he wasn't on the Golden State Warriors and the team that has this level of talent. I mean, the players Warriors bring in off the bench are players who are in, are incredibly talented. They just happen to be on a team that is so so deep. They're playing behind Steph Curry. Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, et cetera. You know, I mean, what can you do? Uh, But the Warriors can run 10, 11, even 12 guys, and that serves their style of play. The Warriors like to run the floor. They like to get out in transition. They like to increase the pace of the game. That was especially relevant against the Mavs uh, with Luka Doncic, who likes to slow it down. But still, that could be something they take advantage of because the Celtics typically play seven to eight players a game. The Warriors can wear them down. They can take advantage of fresh legs. They can run the floor. They can you know, speed up the the pace and the way the Warriors move the ball on offense, that also will wear the Celtics down. And that makes it a lot harder in the fourth quarter for Boston to get so hot shooting if they've been worn down running around all game. Um, So I think the Warriors need to look deeper into their bench. And maybe we'll see that as the series goes on and Steve Kerr feels more comfortable, um, some of these young players start to get a couple minutes and are able to prove themselves. But like an Bielitza has plenty of experience in the league. And I agree with you, Cyrus, that he absolutely could be a contributor off the bench for the Warriors in this series. Um, but I also like Moses Moody and giving Jonathan Kaminga some run as well. And I know they're rookies and we all talk about, you know, 19 Moses Moody just turned 20 years old. They're so young, young players don't typically get minutes in an NBA finals, but like they both proven themselves to me. With how they played during the postseason, how they played during the regular season, that they are equipped to handle this level of competition. So why not take advantage of of your deep bench better than they did in this game? Um, as for why, I don't know, man. Cyrus, I would love to be in Steve Kerr's head. Wouldn't we all um, for some of the decisions they make? I mean, my only thing I can think is that you know the default goes turn to the veterans who've been here before, like Andre Iguodala, to be that eighth player and to keep the rotation smaller maybe for game one, especially nerves are higher. You're still feeling out the competition. It's the beginning of the series. Uh, That's the only thing I can think, but I would love to see the Warriors change that and go deeper into their bench moving on in the series.
2: I I wholeheartedly agree. In fact, here is Steve Kerr. Let's play sound from him in the fourth quarter, uh, echoing sentiments similar to what pretty much everyone else is saying that this game was completely lost uh, in the fourth quarter. Trouble making stops in the
0: fourth quarter. Well, give them credit. I mean, they made 21 threes. Um, you know, they were moving the ball really well, and uh, they they had us on our heels. They made a, a good push, you know, to start the fourth, and they kept that momentum going. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough, um, you know, to 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 beat Boston if if they're making 21 threes and they're getting, you know, a combined 11 from you know Horford and White. Um, you know, the, those guys. Um, give them credit they knocked down every big shot in the fourth quarter um they boston was uh, just played a brilliant quarter and they they came in and earned the win
2: and that and what he said also is a huge reason why i'm telling dub nation not to hit the panic button it's just one game the warriors had this game under control for 42 minutes i mean they entered the fourth quarter up 12 for a reason but then like rick barry said their offense stagnated they stopped moving the ball and both these teams offenses are predicated largely on their defense causing turnovers getting points off turnovers pushing the ball off misses and when the celtics are just making the the at, a, at that the at that rate of efficiency the warriors can't push it back you know they're, they're every time they brought the ball up they were facing a set defense the best defense in the nba uh, statistically and they, that's why they scored 14 points It's a huge reason in the fourth quarter in your thoughts. Is, should, should a panic button be pressed like a lot of people are very worried right now is the worry justifiable or do you think it's just one game game two which I'm incredibly confident about the Warriors are favored by four uh according to, to our longtime sponsor Ben online what are your thoughts on just the mentality that the fans should have about this series
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Dub Nation Twitter
3: was very entertaining last night, Cyrus. I will say that. Um I think that there's no reason to press the panic button right now. I will give I will say they're somewhat justifiably concerned because the Celtics prove they won't lie, lie down. They're going to battle back no matter how much they're down. And to me, last night's game proved there is very, very little margin for error. Mm-hmm. There is no room in a series like this to maybe get complacent, like you mentioned in the fourth quarter. There's no room to maybe settle settle in a little bit and to maybe dial it back a little bit. There's no room for that. And that's what last night proved to me is that the Warriors have to have their foot on the gas for the full Minutes in order to win this game in this series against the Celtics because this is the next best team in the NBA. So I think it was a lesson learned, and I think it's understandable to be concerned because the Celtics they shot really hot and then just the way they battled back and they did not give up. So we know this series that's what it's going to take for the Warriors to win. Um, but to me, I'm not panicked. First of all, yeah. what are the odds that those Boston role players all are shooting the way they were shooting last night in the game and, and especially in the fourth quarter again? And on multiple nights, enough to close out this series, um, if the Warriors are able to be effective in shutting down um, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, which, by the way, I think it was Tatum only had like eight points at halftime. I mean, the Warriors did a good job defensively, especially early on in the game. Um, So, you know, what are the odds that the role players are going to step up and hit so many shots and players who aren't usually their big three-point shooters are going to get so hot again? Um, so I think that's one reason why Warriors fans should be, you know, a little bit trepidation, have a little bit of trepidation, but just not be panicked. Um, and then the other thing is this Warriors team is a veteran team They're They know how to make adjustments. They know how to close out series. They know what it takes to win a series last night maybe a speed bump, but I don't think it happens again. I don't think there's any way the Warriors have a fourth quarter collapse again with this veteran core that has been in the situation before, that knows what it takes to win series. And I think it was a lesson learned, but I don't think they let it happen again. I don't see Draymond Green letting it happen again with the way that he leads this team and the firepower he brings to this team. Um, So I think that the Warriors, and it's funny, they all talked about it after the game. They said, we're still confident. We're still confident.
0: Clay Thompson,
3: Kevon Looney. Definitely, Like they all came out and said the same thing. They are not panicked. They said, we're still confident. We know exactly what we need to do. We need to play the way we did the first 36, 40 minutes for the entire 48 minutes instead of, you know, maybe taking the foot off the gas a little. And then things also snowballed. I mean, that's one thing Draymond Green talked about is that. When the other team starts hitting shots like that and players you aren't expecting to hit shots, it sucks the life out of the room a little bit and it definitely takes the wind out of your sails as a player when the other team is hitting shots and then suddenly you miss a couple shots and the Warriors miss a couple shots and there's just this momentum shift and it just snowballs and all of a sudden the defense gets out of control and you know they start looking discombobulated. Then the offense is affected. Um, so I just I think the Warriors will know how to respond, and I am not concerned. I think they win Game Two, and I think they still can absolutely take the series.
2: Yeah, I whole I wholeheartedly agree. Um, you know, and and Al, Al Horford does not normally post up stat lines like that. He actually had right. a very similar game. Uh, I believe it was Game Four of the Eastern Conference Semifinals against the Bucks. He had a he had a night where in forty two minutes of play, he went five for seven from three, very comparable to a six for eight performance in Game One, and he put up thirty points. Uh, in addition to eight rebounds the following game uh he responded to that with a 41 minute performance where he had eight points uh on 0 for 2 shooting from three so that is not the norm and even Derek white who's been shockingly amazing this postseason uh, for a player who did not have a solid uh uh, three-point shot he his his baby's born and all of a sudden he knows how to shoot the three it's really crazy the timing correlates almost to the t um one thing that i think the warriors uh need to re i hope they realize this and 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 i'm sure they do look they have dynasty pedigree in them but every playoff series is about matchups and jordan pool i just don't know if this series is made for jordan pool um in Derek white's huge game last night the bulk of his points came with jordan pool guarding him. um uh, you know, and, and Paul guarded him for almost five minutes. He, he also shot, made a three over Stephen Curry, who was guarding him for a little while. Uh, he surprisingly made a three over Andrew Wiggins, who I thought was playing def, uh, decent def, uh, decent defense, yeah. And then Draymond Green was one of the players. Again, go, uh, piggybacking off his horrible night because he was largely guarding Al Horford when Horford was going off. He was also guarding uh, Derek White for one of those threes. If you look at the, the video replays, it was Draymond who was sagging um, and not – running up to the players, not putting his hand up. So I don't envision Draymond Green having another bad game. He does not do that two straight games. Uh, another thing that I th- that I really think the Warriors need to do in terms of adjustments is their minute distribution. Uh, one thing that stuck out to me when that run was real, when the snowball was starting to roll in that fourth quarter, I thought Andrew Wiggins should have come back into the game a lot sooner. He came back into at approximately the six-minute mark. Uh, when he should have been coming in and really playing the whole quarter if necessary. He played 34 minutes for the game. He's a player that should be giving you 40, um, especially with his body type, with his skill set, which in in a lot of ways bears similarity to uh, Jimmy Butler. Um, Wiggins has to be more aggressive, and Wiggins has to be given that defensive assignment to Jalen Brown a lot more especially because that whole run started with Jalen Brown just picking them apart. I mean, I'm looking at the play-by-play right now of that fourth quarter and it was Jalen Brown making an 18 footer Jalen Brown making a 26 uh, a foot three pointer uh, shortly after that Jalen Brown made another 24 foot three pointer. Then Jalen Brown made a driving layup and all of a sudden after that second driving layup uh, the lead was practically gone. And and then you saw the three pointers start to fall after that with the Celtics uh, developing uh, their rhythm and their confidence. And so, uh, you know, the, the great news is a, a typical battle in a playoff series like this is going to be you're going to see a lot of adjustments it is like a boxing match where you know they're you're, you're trading punches uh you're going to each round you're going to have maybe different winners um but i personally would like to see wiggins have more minutes he had 34 i thought steph could have played even a little more i know some people were saying he was gassed but he can't handle 40 minutes he played 38 um and then one player that really struggled uh and he echoed similar sentiments of calmness telling people to relax after the game was clay thompson but clay thompson did not have a good game he was three for seven from three which is okay he hit some big threes but he was six for 14 from the field as a whole finished with only 15 points um your thoughts on everything i just said right there please
3: a big concern for me cyrus is the play of jordan Poole and like you said how he will fare with the matchups in this series that was one thing that stuck out to me about last night first of all he was a defensive liability there were Huge. so many times that he was just blown by. He wasn't where he needed to be. And he just was not playing sound defense when it comes to footwork, positioning, just like nothing was going right for him. And he's never been one to hang his hat on defense, but it was just glaringly obvious in this series. There was a like slow motion gif or something like that. The NBA tweeted out of Jalen Brown just blowing by Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, people were calling a traffic cone. His feet were like, Glued to the ground. He I, know, just, like,
2: I know exactly, that's know exactly what you're talking I'm talking
3: about. Right? Like, yeah, exactly. So Stephen worked. Curry
2: was looking at him. Yes. Stephen Curry gave him a dirty look there. Yeah, I know. I'm with yeah, you. Steph yeah.
3: Curry, like, threw his hands up and kind of gave him a look. Um, And that really stuck out to me because watching it back in like slow motion was so much more painful. But like, <laughs> Jordan Poole's just standing here, doesn't move his feet, just kind of like reach out and like half heartedly tries to grab Jalen Brown as he just goes straight to the bucket. Um, so, to me, first of all, that's a huge concern with the matchups in this series. The Warriors have to play lockdown defense. The lack of defense is, you know, a big reason why the Celtics got hot in the fourth quarter. We talk about the sacking off the ball, not being urgent, um, and just being out of shape. And Jordan Poole isn't going to help the Warriors defensively. And that's why I agree that I would like to see more Andrew Wiggins. Um, I thought he played well, and his body size, his defensive abilities, I think that he's going to be a huge, huge factor in the series. Um, but Jordan Poole, and then on offense, he's talked all season about he can't settle for the three and the outside shots. He's more successful when he drives and he's aggressive. And last night, we just didn't see the nifty finishes from Jordan Poole that we've been seeing all season. Um, when he settles for those outside shots and they aren't falling, then he can suddenly have a very unproductive game. And that's what we saw to me last night. Um, also, to me, he was one of the catalysts of that Celtics run. I remember he did he pulled up early in the fourth and tried to hit a three, missed. I think it was the next possession he had a turnover, threw the ball away. Um and then you've got the Celtics blowing by him on defense. I was just like, "Oh, get Jordan Poole out of the game. This is painful." Um so whether he turns it around, can he come in and to me it's like if you're somewhat of a liability at all on defense you better make up for it offensively but if you're not scoring like you have to justify yourself being in the game and if he's going to play the way he played last night I think that he has to be limited in minutes in this series um maybe he'll turn it around and suddenly you know be putting up big numbers on the offensive end to where it justifies at least a little bit of the Uh, defensive struggles that we see from him which aren't entirely unusual but to me it was just glaringly obvious last night and then he wasn't hitting on offensive he was just a huge huge liability not a great game either from clay thompson but you know he's someone who's been here before and i think that he will come out and suddenly be hot in game two i could see that happening
2: yeah, Otto Porter Jr., actually, I thought, had a great game. He was four for five from three. That was an effort wasted. And and that's a player who he has a minutes restriction of 25 uh, that's continued from the regular season to the postseason, but he only played 23. I I feel like you could push that minute limit a little bit this late in the season. I mean, it's the NBA Finals. Have him out there another three, four minutes if necessary. His I, Ultimately, to me, the bottom line after seeing this this first game against the Celtics, because um, this is the first meaningful game any of us have seen between these two teams really... I can't count since when, in all honesty, if ever, uh, is that the war? If the Warriors are going to succeed in this series, and and and, I, and, on, and I'm agreeing with you that no panic button should be pressed. I just literally looked at every box score of the the uh, Celtics and Bucks series. That was a series where Al Horford had that huge thirty point game. He did not have another huge game the rest of that series. He had one other game where he went four for nine from three and finished with. Uh, 12 points and, and those are all the shots he made but what i think what the warriors have to do in this series is when you have players out there playing you need to have a minimum of four of those, those five players out there be two-way players. What I mean by that is you can't have lineups out there where both Igadala and Draymond Green are out there, for example. You can't have like Looney. Looney's the, the one thing that's perplexing to me. I've not figured out what his role is in the series yet. I think I think he's very valuable when Robert Williams III is out there. I think he actually matches up great and he's holding his own but when Robert Williams III is not out there, I don't know if you can afford to put Looney out there still. Um, and this is where Nemanja Bielica, I think he would match up great against Al Horford just because Al Horford's not going to blow by you Al Horford's value comes largely from sitting outside the um uh outside the three-point arc and and creating space for the Celtics so have Nemanja sit out there with him I mean he's not going to blow by Nemanja Bielica Al Horford's 36 he does not have that foot speed this is where Moses Moody I think brings tremendous value because he can play defense he can rebound and he's actually a fantastic shooter as well, and, and like you mentioned, Kaminga. Maybe Kaminga has a role here. His defense is a little shaky for me. So I I, I I don't know if we're gonna see him for that reason. Maybe we do, I don't know. Uh, but the point is the Warriors cannot be fielding lineups with it where you have numerous players who are liabilities on either the offensive or defensive end. And again, that is where I, I seriously wonder if Jordan Poole has a place. You know, I, I think he deserves minutes, I'm not saying just bench him. But 25 minutes might be too much for him in a series like this. You might have to give some of those minutes up to Moody. You might have to give some of those minutes up to Bielitsa, maybe Kaminga. Um, I, I I almost hate to say this, but even Damian Lee might serve a purpose in a series like this just because you can't leave him alone offensively, and he's not a liability on defense. I think that's a huge reason why you've constantly seen the coaching staff trust him so much and play him. Um, and we're going to see those adjustments. You know, it's it's this is it's one game. Uh, I want to make very clear I got a lot of crap last night. Partly deserved, but, Kylan, I think you were there when we made these predictions initially. I did say if if Gary Payne II doesn't play and the Warriors are not fully healthy, this is a seven-game series. Uh, and now more so than ever. I thought if, if Gary Payne—I really do believe Gary Payne II would have made that much of a difference. That those outside threes that were just raining— would not have been there if Gary Payne II was out there. He also causes tremendous turnovers. He gets a lot of easy baskets inside. The Warriors got killed inside the paint scoring. They lost by eight in that. Gary Payne II helps with that as well. Um, so those are my thoughts for game one. I, I'm, I'm not hitting the panic button. I think they're going to come out and win game two. Uh, your final thoughts, Kylan, on, on game one and what's to come?
3: We'll definitely see Gary Payton the second back, I believe, in this series at some point. So Cyrus, I agree with you. He would be a major, major factor. I mean, you also have to keep in mind the turnaround time for him recovering from that elbow injury to even be cleared to play was incredible. And just because you're cleared to play doesn't mean you're 100% and completely without pain. So it's very, very possible that Gary himself or the training staff or the coaching staff just decided to play it extra, extra safe. I don't think it necessarily means that you know he's done for the series and there's something really serious going on i think they maybe just want to be super cautious with him because if this does go to games you know five six seven that's where it becomes even more critical that we have gary payton ii out there and last night even without him that game was so incredibly winnable for the warriors yes should have won that game the celtics stole game one at chase center last night so, uh-huh. I mean, you should feel good about that. The Warriors, I think, could come out in game two without GP2 and still win. And let's say GP2 comes back in games three or four. Now you add him into the mix. And what he does defensively and energy-wise for this team, you know, I don't know. What do the Celtics do to adjust to that? Um, so I feel still encouraged and, and confident moving forward. Um, I think the Warriors – have to I mean this goes without saying almost but they have to win game two you cannot go down two games in a series and I think they will I really really believe they win game two on Sunday at Chase Center I believe they split in Boston and then it goes home court home court home court um, and I also could see the Warriors winning in seven I honestly wouldn't be shocked if they win it win in six if they figure things out because I think what yeah. we saw last night is the Warriors in control for 40 minutes of this game. And had the collapse not happened, they would be up 1-0 in this series. And it's very possible they'll make the adjustments, they'll sort things out, and then they'll be in the driver's seat for the rest of the series. I mean, that's also very, very possible. Um, So, I mean, they could go up 3-2 after Game 5, and maybe they want to come out and finish it in Game 6. So I still think it's very possible the Warriors – close out this game in six, which was my prediction, Cyrus. Um, I said Warriors in six, and it was for a different reason. I hope I you're right.
0: Not, I hope
1: you're right. Yes. I, was <laughs>
3: not, I was not expecting them to go down 0-1. Um, I was expecting them to be up 3-1 at the end of game four. And then they've struggled so far in that first closeout game. And then I thought a second closeout game is where they would get the job done. Um, But we'll have to see. I think Warriors fans should be comforted and that we're not going to see the same collapse we saw last night. Draymond green. Doesn't have bad games. Yeah. like that Two nights in a row. I don't believe all of the Celtics role players reserves. You mentioned Al Horford, uh, Marcus smart, Derek white. I don't think they're going to shoot like that every night of the series. There's no possible way. Um, so a combination of factors, I think the Warriors are going to be fine. I think what they said in post game is true. They know the adjustments they need to make. They had control for most of the game. They just needed to close it out. Yeah, the Warriors, the Warriors know how to close out games. They know how to close out games, and I think they do it on Sunday night.
2: Yeah, and they just forgot last night. It's very unfortunate. It's you know, yeah. and I think Rick Barry really touched on that. It's just the beginning of that fourth quarter. They were sloppy offensively. They got and you comfortable. Can't
1: even, I mean, they got yeah, comfortable.
2: They did absolutely right, and you just can't do that with the Celtics team. I mean, I mean, this is this is a very formidable opponent. But I'm with you when you look at the rosters and you look at the two teams. I still confidently say the Warriors are the better team and it was just it, it, a lot of that was fluky it was just very fluky i mean i mean al horford six for eight from three Derek white five for eight from three marcus smart four for seven from three uh the team is a whole shot over 51 from three that's higher than anything the warriors have seen this entire postseason and that is not going to be consistent you know that was just that was wild i mean i i just i just remember seeing that One. going there's no, nothing anyone could do There's there's nothing you could do when a team is shooting like that it's 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 just, you just got to bow, you know, tip your cap and just say, kudos. See you in game two, you know? Um, so that's where we are. Kylan, it's always a pleasure. Uh, it really is. Um, it was great to see you. Are you going to game two? Or are you going to be in Chase Center?
3: Yes, I'll be at Chase Center for game two. And I want to say if Boston shoots like that every single night of the series, they deserve to win the series. I mean, fair. that's insane. It is incredible. No, like you said, like what, they haven't seen anyone who shoots like that because like, who can sustain that shooting for an entire series? So if they do, then hats off to Boston. I don't see it happening. Uh, but as always, <laughs> great to see us Cyrus. I'll be at game two. You can join us on Cron 4. We're doing Hoop Session, which is like a 15-minute basketball show we're doing every night. Nice. recapping everything that we've learned about the Warriors at practice. So they should be back in the gym tomorrow, I would think. Um, and we'll be out there bringing you the latest. Um, and then Sunday night, I'll be live post-game. And hopefully, we'll be talking about a win.
2: Beautiful. I hope so. Uh, and, and and I'm going to be doing a live show uh, after every game, immediate post reaction and the normal schedule the next day. Colin, if you ever want to join me for any of those, it looks like you're busy. But if you ever have time and want to jump on, on with me right after a game, you're obviously welcome to. And then I joined the Krug show uh, immediately after that, where it's that's a wild time. I got into it with uh, Ryan Smith a little bit last night um, just because he thought the Warriors should like bench Draymond Green. And he thought Jordan Poole should just keep playing no matter what. Uh, regardless of his performance and I'm like, dude you can't what are you what are you doing man like just come on you got it it's just it, you don't have time for patience when you're this far. It's a seven game series and mistakes add up fast so um the Warriors need to make those adjustments right away. thank you everyone thank you for listening thank you for following a friendly reminder again uh, leave a five star review on our Apple podcast page and I will read those reviews. that is our form of the mailbag so please do uh if you love this show please, Uh, Leave those five-star reviews. And if you hate the show, look, we're doing our best. That's all I can say. Uh, Thank you, everyone. Go Warriors. And uh, we'll see you uh, Sunday night and next week. Thanks, Kylan. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Later.
1: Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.